Galaxy Lights, Coachella, Lightning Bolt Necklaces. 2023 was the year of Scandaval. On March 3rd, one cheating scandal launched a reality TV investigation that generated hundreds of conspiracy theories, thousands of podcast episodes, and millions of dollars in revenue. I'm Jody Walker, host of An American Scandaval, one retrospective story told in three salacious parts. Listen December 26th on the Ringer Reality Feed. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 24 question party people. 24 party people. 24 question party people. 24 question party people. Hello and welcome to 24 question party people. I am your host, Yasi Salik. This is a show where I invite an interesting person on for a little talk. I ask the same 23 questions every time, more or less, plus one wild card. The guest is allowed to skip one question. Sometimes the questions change a little. Have a little joy in your heart, babe. Speaking of joy in your heart, here's your Christmas gift, you guys. A bonus episode of 24 Question Party People to take the edge off the holidays. This is the last episode of the year. I did get asked this a few times on social media, so I will go ahead and relieve and delight you guys by saying it here also, which is that yes, there will still be 24 Question Party People episodes while Bands Plane is on hiatus. What can I say, babe? I love the grind. No days off. Girl bossing, etc. I don't have like a profound Ponderosa like or Ernest Goes to Camp monologue for you guys today. I apologize. I'm tired um, from my second job as dog trainer, but I'll tell you what, babe, I am fucking into it. Yeah, bitch. I got a clicker. That's right. I'm listening to dog training podcasts. I'm watching the YouTubes. Shout out my girls, Kiko Pup and Zach George. I'm doing the hand motions. I'm like, go to your place. All over, all over this bitch. And I'm even impressing my own dog trainer here, like the cunty little A-plus student. I am and always have been, babe. I'll tell you one thing, though. Okay, fine. Can't help myself. This episode comes out on the day of the winter solstice, um, which, as you might know, is the longest night of the year. But it is also the beginning, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, um, of the gradual increase of sunlight hours again, right? Like they were fucking waning this whole time leading up to the winter solstice, night getting longer and longer and longer. And now the days will start to get longer and longer and longer. I like this night better um, than New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or whatever for 
taking the time to reflect back on the year and doing whatever little, you know, little listing or rituals you do. But instead of jumping like right to goals or whatever for 2024, I just like to like take a little moment, give myself a little pat on the back for my achievements and my joys, my successes this past year. Do you know what I mean? Like when I got Keanu Reeves to talk about why he loves discharge. That was sick. Or when I revealed that the Sabado song Skull is actually about a crazy night at the Chateau with Evan Dando because I'm out here doing real motherfucking journalism, okay? If you guys even care. Um, and not just work stuff, right? But like, hey, Yossi, you were a pretty good friend this year. And you know what? Maybe you went through some hard emotional shit, but you took it like a champ and you learned more about yourself and you fucking grew, bitch. Great job. Here's a cookie. Or in my case, a keto brownie from Erewhon. They do cost $5.75 and they're worth every penny. And then sure, I like to set intentions. I am, again, a girl boss after all. But I like to eat the manageable and also a little whimsical. Why not? For example, I'll give you one. The rest are private. Next year, I'd like to wear a lot more hair bows. Because why? Because I love them. And because I'm generally trying to access the divine feminine more. And also because these fucking think pieces will not tell me what to do with my cunty little hair accessories. Okay, babe? Anyway, that's my old lang sign for you. I don't know how to pronounce that. And yeah, should some old acquaintances be forgot? Yeah, some of you bitches are very dumb. Anyway, I thought I'd treat my indie guitar rock loving people to this bonus episode with Kurt the Vile, truly one of the most delightful and authentically odd people I know. He is so fun to talk to just so cool and weird. And even after this episode actually promised me that he would in fact learn my favorite David Matthews band song on guitar because he is a real mensch, babe. Can't wait to hear it. So here is my talk with Kurt Vile. Hope you have a happy holiday and a happy new year. See you next year. 24. You guys, we have with us on the program today. Absolute legend, icon. Also, some of the most beautiful hair I've ever seen. This is an audio-only podcast, as you've heard me say, but I wish you guys could see Kurt Vile's luscious locks. Are they're, they're moisturized and just glistening. I need you at first to tell me what's the routine of the hair. Well, I can't go f- full on, but okay. My album, Watch My Moves, came out in what? <laughs> Very, your publicist is so uh, Like a year or so your, ago. Your publicist is like, okay, g- cool. This bitch asked about the hair off. We're talking about the album and you no, redirected it so beautifully. It, it, <laughs> it ties in because like my my sister, I have a sister. Uh, I have a lot of sisters, but my youngest one, she's got the most amazing hair in the world. And she got me onto a routine. Like as you get older, I'm, I'm in my 40s, but as you get older, or maybe I'm projecting, but you... People with curly hair, they think you have to put oil in it, you know, you, to mm-hmm. get it like, but really your hair does that kind of stuff naturally. So, so what you really should do is, well, my routine is you wash your hair once a week. I actually okay. do it less, but, and, and then when you don't wash your hair, uh, you have, you don't wet it. You wear a shower cap okay. or whatever, whatever you do, okay. but just don't wet it. And then your hair naturally gets more moisturized that but i did put some mousse in my hair for you oh you did you you like you dolled it up a little bit for this interview yeah 
Yeah, I'm living. <laughs> I did. I thought we were going to be seen too, but I would have done it anyway. Yeah, and you're you have a beautiful backdrop. Like mine is so ugly. Um, Kurt, you have like what is it like twelve, fifteen brothers and sisters? What's the what's the family landscape? <laughs> it's large, right? I'm one of ten. Did you know that? I did. I I, inter- I listened to like about half of an interview you did. The, the issue was everyone knows I I have a thing with Australian accents, so I I just mm. couldn't get that far into it because the interviewer was Australian. But I I did a good job. I think getting like thirty forty minutes in, and I just couldn't take it anymore. You have a thing where you don't like the accent. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Love and respect to my Australian fans and listeners, but. It's not my favorite. Is this how I get canceled <laughs> by the by the country of Australia? What I love is that they call me Curdy there, but not you. Th- but like the dudes, and then you. I played the opera house the first time, and I was surrounded by like dude voices, like yeah, kitty, gone, kitty, <laughs> <laughs> like I uh, t- tune that G, kitty. Yeah, kitty, come. Listen, you can't do that too much more. I'm going to leave. Speaking of your new album that we didn't tie into your hair, but I really fucking love it. It's like, it's giving holiday album. And I was thinking, I want to tell you, I was thinking that before I got to the Santa song, even before I got to the Santa song, because maybe because it's December and I was just feeling the vibes because it's a little wistful. It's a little melancholy, but it also has this like undercurrent of like joy and buoyancy, like sort of, you know, gossamered in there. And that to me feels very holiday-ish. And then you slapped me in the face with the Santa song and I was like, that's right. (laughs) It is a fucking holiday album. What do you think? I know it didn't come out in in the holiday time, but. Yeah. Well, no, actually this album, this, yeah, this EP, Back to Moon Beach, which is like album length EP or whatever, it came out very recently. So I knew I had this holiday song last year. I was, was on a Christmas comp. It, it started like it was sort of a compilation EP. I wasn't sure what it was going to be, right. but I, I knew that the Christmas song was probably going to make it on there that my daughter sing on. It's like a Bob Dylan made that song famous. And I just, I was asked to be on a Christmas compilation and I was like, I don't know. And then my manager was like, well, Christmas songs are timeless. And I was like, well, if I can do this Bob Dylan one, I'll do it. I'll try it. And I, I did it and, it and it made the record. Yeah. So if I think what you're feeling is that it's sort of an organic album. Cause I was walking around when I made it in the summer in the woods. And I was like, man, this song, I wish it came out in the spring or when it gets sunny, but luckily over there it is sunny. So maybe you get it like a sunny holiday vibe. I do. That's exactly what we have. Here. I think what it is, is just organic and it's good for any time. <laughs> yes. Your publicist again, nodding, happy record label, happy Tom Petty's gone. Also, what a fucking banger. I mean, not in the traditional sense where I wasn't like shaking my ass in the kitchen listening to it, but it really hit in my heart space. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. that one. Yeah, four of them come from a, a session before the world, you know, before the world quite nose-dive. hit the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right before flop, the pandemic. Bit of a flop hit. era, before we got into our flop yeah. era of the world. But uh, that Tom Petty's Gone song in particular, I, Mo- that that line about Tom Petty the day you know he passed you know which was a big yeah. serious day and and when I record that song it keeps going and going and calling out some people legends that are alive some that are dead but it took a while it was this year that I added a bunch of more guitars and things and and made it uh, become the banger it is today it had potential <laughs> so I'm glad it was it was the hardest one 
to to finish uh to get me not embarrassed to call out you know Bob Dylan by name and such. <laughs> you had to you had to really work up work up to that. I had to earn it. I had to earn it. Kurt Vile, you put out a lot of music. Have you noticed this about yourself? Yeah, well, you're very prolific. So you, put, you I put out a lot of podcast hours yeah. also. So, <laughs> we are kindred spirits. Mine yeah. is not quality the way you're mine's not timeless beautiful pieces of art per se, although some some might argue they are. I think you're more you're more relevant that people listen to podcasts more than they do music. I don't because I I can I talk for a living and I like I can't stand to keep listening to people talk in my off time. I think people listen to more podcasts than music. It's related to the flop era of the world. It's because people are violently lonely. And instead of being able to make human connection, because it's become very difficult for people and it's not their fault. It's just like, it's the way the world has curved. Basically they seek out connection through listening to someone's voice because it's very intimate and it feels very like social in a way, even though it's not social. And I think, sadly, I really do think that's why people listen to so many podcasts. That's actually beautiful and true. And I didn't think about it, if that makes sense. But also, yeah, it does. It really does hurt my feelings <laughs> the way, no, the, like the way that people are like, text you and they're like, I'm here for you. <laughs> you know, because they Because they listened to your album and they were like, Kurt's not okay. Let's check in on him. I just mean in general, like, uh, that's the way people talk, which is fine. But sometimes, sometimes you're in a flow and you're just texting. But when someone says they're there for you, but really they're, they're, they're never actually, they're, yeah. we're, like we're ta- typing to each other. I don't know. I know. No, you're so right. Texting is part of it. I think the, the shift of communication to become primarily text-based is like r- eroded human connection so much in the ways that people don't even see. Yeah. Because it's, it's not that it's not communication. It's just a really cheap, minimal form of communication. There's no tone. There's no facial features. There's like all this stuff that we have over thousands of millennia or whatever learned to understand about each other. And it's just stripped away and put like a little, you know, smirk face emoji. I like that smirk face when I use it a lot. You know what I'm talking about? I was like, <laughs> I like fire hearts. Fire's good. Yeah, hearts are good. Um, <laughs> hearts are good. I like the one where the two like shadowy figures are hugging each other. I like that one a lot. Oh, that I love that one. No, because yeah. I was going to say sometimes when you get in a flow with somebody that you're right, excited then to it's talk shorthand. to, yeah, yeah, and then and sometimes that just feels just as intimate, especially when they throw that shadowy hug. Right. I feel you're like, oh, you're like, oh, me too, babe. Um, well, Kurt Vile, let's get started on the 24 questions. We have a lot okay. to cover. Okay. And I want to make sure that um, I get to all of them with you because I'm dying to know all your answers. Number one, Kurt Vile, what is your sign? My sign is a Capricorn, but. I, I feel, I knew that you were the kind of girly that knows your rising and moon. I knew it. What are your <laughs> rising and moon? <laughs> um, no. I was gonna say the 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 Vate, in Vedic astrology, I'm a sensitive crab, which is a mm. cancer because my that makes sense. My wife Suzanne, she really is into the Vedic calendar and such. Which and I so that's, but like I I I don't follow it hard, but I I like to hear about Capricorn and Cancer for that reason. I listen. I'm like, oh, that is me. But if you like, start pressing me. With technicalities, I'm I'm already out. I'm out. 
Okay, I'm not as skilled as your wife, but also, and I would love to talk to her because I really want to know more about Vedic astrology because I am very interested. But I'm pretty sure Capricorn and Cancer are are the polarities, like they're they're right opposite each other on the on the zodiac. Which so if you have that in one and that in the other, kind of makes sense because you tend to have even in like just regular traditional astrology, like whatever is the opposite of your sign, you hold it within you. Like it's it's a strong part of yourself. So it really makes sense actually. But do you find that you're like, I mean, we just mentioned it. You clearly are hardworking because you've put out like 42 albums in your life. That's the Capricorn thing, right? Yeah. Like like real uh, industrious, productive, generative. Um, it's not a bad thing. Like they, some people like frame it as like, it's like a bad thing, but it's, you just, they tend to love their work, which is really cool. Yeah. My work is my life. Like, especially when it's, when it's rolling, like, especially nowadays I have like my own studio and when, when the band's together and we're up super late and then they leave and I look around, I'm a totally in the zone. I'm 100% comfortable. It's as if I am on opiates or something, but I'm not, I'm just like completely in the flow state, uh, you know, or once I'm on the, on the road, you know, like, yeah, it, you just get used to it. And then I like, but then I come home and I'm completely in my own world. I mean, I got a family, so I'm lucky, but other sure. than if I didn't, and I, I don't know what I. Well, I guess I never would stop working. Maybe I just be always going. That's probably what what I would do. Um, I love that you and your daughters love pop music, and that you guys love Charlie XCX. That's the best thing. So cute. She's the greatest. The only way you couldn't know that is if you weren't paying attention. That she's like, and there's plenty. There's like a top five or more pop stars right now. I have, and there's plenty of greats that I, I don't know their music, but. Charlie is obviously, she's like, if you had to watch one, like, what's she going to do next? It's Charlie. Who are the other four? Definitely Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Uh, I love Caroline Polchek. Sure. Um, there's probably others I'm kind of forgetting, but I, I really love, I know he's not pop, but I love uh, One of Tricks Point Never. Never. He, yeah. He's like in that world. I, I, I love what he's doing right now, like uh, his new album. There's a song on there yeah. that's my favorite song of modern times. Wow. It's called, huge it's called Crumbville. It's called Crumbville. It's okay. like poppy and noisy. But yeah, I know he's, yeah, he's, he's not. talented. Sometimes I'm paying attention to the music. Other times I'm not. And I'm a little doing a little bit of both right now where I'm watching. There's so many artists. I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. And I, I, I'm just involved. You like, uh, you like, I'm not like other girls core. Which I would call those artists. Um, oh, really? But, it, but okay. in a great way. No, no, in a great way. I, I, I interviewed Charlie in like 2012, I think, like when she first put out that like gothy goth pop album that her first thing uh, and she, yeah. 2012. 2012 or 2013. I can't really remember. I think it was, I'm almost positive it was 2012 because it was at South by, um, great. She's such a, watching her like from there to here and like, just like what a fucking talented, incredible songwriter she is and then also everything else like the visuals the fucking aesthetic like her voice like she has the whole package it's formidable mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right Kurt Vile, number two what did you eat today it's about 1 20 p.m in philly which is where i presume you are uh, today i had just honestly i had breakfast so far i had oatmeal and coffee I, it's all about coffee it's all, all about getting food as fast as possible so you can have coffee because a lot of people they drink coffee 
first. And that is literally like dumping, not like it is, it's just dumping acid on your empty stomach. You're supposed to eat something first and then. I don't do that. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. But I put collagen in my coffee, which does have like 80 calories. Does that count? What does that do? It's for your skin and hair. It's very good for you. I mean, you don't need it for your hair. Your hair is, like I said, thriving. (laughs) But here, I'm going to volley back at you. I am concerned that you are not getting enough protein as what you've described as your breakfast was simply a carbohydrate and a coffee. Where's the protein, babe? I used to always have eggs in the morning, but now I, because I need the coffee so bad, I, I usually make breakfast, <laughs> like a brunch for lunch. So then I'm not like, I need the coffee. So then I have like eggs okay. and beans and whatever. So don't, they're coming. What if we switched your oatmeal to cottage cheese? Well, one, I don't do the cheese because it doesn't agree with me per se. Right. But have you tried raw dairy? Well, it's been a couple of episodes since I've gotten on my raw dairy soapbox. And <laughs> I feel like it's a perfect time, especially because you're in Philadelphia, which is in proximity to the Amish. And the Amish do uh, have farms where they make uh, and sell raw dairy. So I think you could probably procure it. I'm not actually sure about the laws in Pennsylvania and it might be illegal. <laughs> I would check into that. But if it's not... I was just like you, babe, once. I couldn't tolerate dairy. It was a nightmare. It was a dark time in my life for years. Mm. And then I discovered raw dairy goes down like a dream. Wow. I'll have to try it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a go, babe. Give it a go. All right. Number three, Kurt Vile. Have you listened to music today? And if so, what was it? No, I didn't get a chance. But usually in the morning, I I read because I'm doing interviews today. I didn't get to sit down and read. I usually sit down and read with my coffee and listen to jazz music which is instrumental while i'm reading you know absolute fucking film like a film character <laughs> jazz music right it sounds like, like you're yeah, like jazz like, i might as well be like I, I play the jazz flute you know yeah it's oh my god you, it's killing me what is the fucking wes anderson that's like an absolute wes anderson film character moment like he gets up he has his oatmeal and coffee puts on the jazz I know you're putting that shit on vinyl, right? You're not slapping on the Sonos. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have plenty of vinyls I could play, plenty of uh, jet, jazz records I could, I could play. But I, at the moment, I have this like CD box set of West Coast jazz, which is actually totally smooth. I just, I just, it doesn't even necessarily matter, you know. Uh, it does in a way, but I, I like that I can just read at the same time with something going on. That's also probably because my head is humming. You know, from like a loud squeal from playing live music all the time. That's not the only reason, though. I love that you chose for the for your interviews the absolute most squeaky loudest chair that you probably own in your home. Oh, I'm sorry, I won't move. That, this is what I sit in all the time. I couldn't. I can't. Yeah, if that's coming through, I could switch chairs. No, it's fine. It's fine. I was just it was just making me laugh. <laughs> well, this is the chair. This is literally the chair I sit in all the time. This is your special chair. I would not want to take that away from you. Um, what are we reading? So, are we, you're not reading the paper. Oh, you were going to show me. You're reading a book. I got. I'm reading this. Lou Reed, The King of New York. Which just, oh, it just wow, came amazing. out. Amazing. I've been wanting. It just came out. Yeah, I've been wanting to read that. He's a great writer. I read. I just read another book by him that was really good. Oh, really? I I I got sent it. I'm not sure why, but it was perfect timing because. I mean, I, I grew up obsessed with Lou Reed in my teens, but uh, like 
more than once on the road with my band in the last few years. And again, like he's, we just listen to him nonstop backstage and love it, but also laugh how insane he can be. You know, like the album, The Bells is just it's like a maniacal album. It's fried. And then, but then also Street Hassle is just my favorite song of all time. Yeah. So anyway, this, this, so this, this got sent to me. Because uh, you're an influencer, kind yeah, of. Yeah, because I'm, I'm an influencer in the wild. <laughs> um, I, I named my dog partially after Lou Reed. I just adopted a dog. What's the dog's name? Her name is um, Lou Reed Barlow Salek. Lou Reed Barlow, like Lou Barlow? That's right. From from Dinosaur Junior, and Sebado, Centrado, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> ever ever heard of him? But I actually just played on stage with them. Uh, Dinosaur Junior's doing the. I know. I saw. I saw some footage. I was violently jealous that I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> how was that? You guys are you guys are like good pals, right? Uh, we are great pals and family in the music world. It's not like we talk on the phone all the time. I can't picture Jay Maskus like talking on the phone a lot. <laughs> I text with Jay more than Lou, uh, and like what em- what emojis is Jay Maskus using most frequently? You know the answer to that. Do I? Is it which one? No, I have no idea. I couldn't even guess. Which emoji would Jay use, if if any? Thumbs up. <laughs> Zero. No, not okay. Yeah, so, so I was like, so I can't even think of one. Like he's not going to use any zero emojis. No, no. Okay, voice memos. Jay? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like voice memo. I sent them a few times lately when you don't feel like talking, but then it's like, I feel like you really got to know the person. I don't. Well, I didn't. I love voice memo. We call me and my friend Bethany to send them all day. We call them podcasts, like personal podcasts. That's sweet. I like it. Go, oh, hold on. Sending you a little podcast. And sometimes it'll be like five minutes long. Of course. And I'll be like, sorry, strap in, babe. Have a seat. Make a tea because I have some shit to tell you. <laughs> um, okay, I'm de- dead over you texting with Jay Maskus. This is just but him not using any emojis. I don't even know how we got there. Oh, what book you were reading? Barlow. To music. Okay, number four. <laughs> number four. Yeah, Lou Barlow. What a king. He was on this program. He told me some great, some amazing 90s stories that really, oh. really delighted me, to be honest. Really delighted me. And then and then they were about Evan Dando, and then I had Evan Dando on, and then he he confirmed the story. So that was really I was really doing journalism. Yeah, I love Lemonheads are one of my faves right now. Same. So good. He um sat with his acoustic guitar and played songs the whole time. And um he played almost an entire Joni Mitchell song that I'm pretty sure we had to cut down because of legal reasons, but he played like almost all of Little Green. It was I've oh, wow. I like passed away. I was like, this is the best day of my life. A private concert, <laughs> playing a Joni Mitchell song. Um, okay, Kurt Vile, number four. What is the first song that made a meaningful impact on you as a child? It's kind of funny because I remember get, get feeling crazy hearing this song, this record, and I always thought it was John Denver, but it was actually more obscure. It's called. It's sorry, my chair is squeaking now. It's okay. okay. <laughs> I made you self conscious. <laughs> um, Rusty and Doug Kershaw, Louisiana Man, is the record, and uh. Rusty Kershaw later played with uh, Neil Young on the album On the Beach, which is everybody's favorite. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's it. That's it. What did it make you feel in your child heart? Well, it's got, it's like Cajun country rock, but more rockabilly. And it, it makes a young man sort of crazy, you know, <laughs> like 
Like it's like how when uh, John Fahey, he has that book called How Bluegrass Music Destroyed My Life. It's sort of like that, but even it's just like something about those hillbillies with the rock and roll edge and you're just a, a young man. You know, you just feel like a, uh, a crazy person and you don't know why. You're just like, <laughs> I'm like, know. first of all, just obsessed with you being like, you know, like that John Fahey book. Like, do I, do I, Yossi Salik, look like a person that knows that John Fahey book? <laughs> well, I don't know. How bluegrass. No, I just, when I said it, when, well, I, I guess I thought maybe you might. You're the listener, because, the royal you. Yeah, well. Because well, I'm a scholar I don't know, you interview, rock and roll. You interview Lou Barlow music. and uh, Evan Dando plays private concerts for you. One of those people would probably mention it at some point. Did I've read Star ever talk Tissue. About John Fay. Uh, uh, I read that recently. By, yeah, by Anthony Kiedis multiple times, but never the John Fay book. You read it too. What did you think? Isn't it the greatest rock memoir of all time? <laughs> would you not agree? Well, one of them. <laughs> it's it, 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 it definitely like uh, if you wanted all that stuff in a book, he, like. <laughs> That you could possibly imagine it's all in there. Yeah. yeah. It delivered. But I saw him with my family, like in all, in uh, Hawaii, after I left your favorite place, Australia. And it was, <laughs> I was just talking about them, sort of. And then he showed up and he has that mustache now. And nobody looks like him. And I knew mm -hmm. he had just turned 60 and he looked amazing. And, and he was like charmingly, but still basically flirting with my my wife and kids, you know, like and in kids. a charming and, way. And your well, you know, I don't mean like that, you <laughs> know, what I mean? but being charming. And he was like, mom and mom has the best hair on the Island. And I was like, but like, I, I was definitely starstruck. Oh, good. Yeah. That was probably the last time. Cause I didn't expect to be, but I saw him there. And he, he looked amazing ahead, with babe. that you're, mustache. You're, I know. Well, that, jumping ahead. I know. But <laughs> earlier I, I was like, when I, I saw that one, I was like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, you know. Not long after that, I saw the Chili Peppers play. We played a similar festival, and I was right next to Flea's amp, and it was just, and so we could see the whole crowd. It was a big festival, and, and, and uh, Anthony Kiedis had a, a cast on his leg. He was still dancing. He had that amazing mustache. Not long after that, I finished his book. You know what a beautiful, what a beautiful convergence of events. Do you know why he looks so good at sixty, Kurt Vile? Because he eats a lot of protein. I do. So I'm gonna need you to get on that train. Are you saying I don't look healthy? Not well. I don't look like that. I'm just, right. Well, I mean, that's a special. That's a specific way to look, and that's a personal choice. Um, are you a Frashanti head? It feels like as someone who plays guitar-based music, you would have a respect for the craft of John Frashanti. I love Frashanti, but see, when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I really loved. Uh, yeah, not long after that, I was stoned and i was listening to could have lied full blast and headphones oh, more recently my that's which, my favorite everybody, chili pepper song yeah it's the best everybody song. with and, good taste yeah <laughs> but i hadn't heard it since my teens and i i just forget how much those chord progressions influenced me subliminally you know but i i kind of got back into the chili peppers partly like the electricity of that show and things and i don't know but I, i've been listening again lately you said you're in your 40s, Kurt Vile. How old are you exactly? 43. Oh, so you're not that... You're basically my age. So you grew up with the Chili Peppers kind of being dominant culture in a way, like MTV vibes. Yeah. So, and I and I definitely like them, but you do take... Uh, for like a split second, you take them for granted, just like anything else. Just yeah. like I take Lou Reed for granted and then I get yeah. back into them, you know. 
Totally. But that was a fucking incredible show. I saw recently. They're, they're so good live. Are you, were your parents like hip and into music, like putting you on to cool music? Um, my dad more would be playing old time music and bluegrass music. And then the basics like Johnny Cash and Hank Williams and basic rock and roll, like right. Credence Clearwater or something. I got into that stuff through my dad, but no, they weren't like, oh, this new Chili Peppers is good. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're, <laughs> it's like your kids because they have a millennial dad, or I guess you're technically, I think you're technically the very beginning of, but end of Gen X. Um, they are going to grow up like listening to Charlie XCX stuff. And then I interview people on here whose like parents are just full Gen X. And they're like, yeah, I grew up because my mom played me the breeders. And I'm like, it's interesting. <laughs> Couldn't be. Yeah, no, that, be that is weird. When kids like they kids become my friends now who are in their twenties or so, and because mm-hmm. they're in bands and like, and then they're like, "Yeah, my mom was playing." You know, they're like talking about my mom was playing. My parents were playing like the, basically the songs we heard when we were kids and teenagers because their parents are the same age as me. You know, <laughs> or more or less, or close. That is the math. Like, oh, duh! I'm just getting older. That is the math, unfortunately. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes ranging from $50 to $500, Money Maker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Okay, Kurt Vile, number five. What is the first album you bought with your own money or shoplifted with your own two hands? Okay. I'm going to say, since we're talking about 90s music, I do remember specifically when our small town got a record mm-hmm. store and I got the cassette. It was very cheap and it was a short album, but it's uh, that Smashing Pumpkins Lull EP. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. It's That's like, cool. it's just got the song Rhinoceros. One of the best. From, one of the best Smashing Pumpkins songs. From Gish. Yes. And then three other great songs that aren't on anything. And if I heard that now, I would definitely get the chills but i again the, the the smashing pumpkins were a band that i loved you know i guess when siamese dream came out that's when i was into them and i went backwards but i think i got lull first it, even though it wasn't new then but i got it, it then. Has by june um, on it i think right by june yeah, such, a, such good song. a good song but that stuff reminds me of making mixtapes and mm. things but i again i don't listen i hear i hear smashing pumpkins now and and i like it it takes me back but i i definitely dropped them you know, when I got into indie rock, et cetera, at some point I stopped listening to them, but I, I, it's still, that's such a cool tape. 
How did you get into indie rock, etc.? Well, I just because honestly, because it was it was breaking on the radio at the right time. Like, what are what bands are we talking? Like, Pave, Pavement was on the radio first. There was Dice. I remember because this is the third. This was like thirty years ago. Because <laughs> it was because where you been? It was. It was thirty years ago. Where you been? The Dinosaur Junior album is like the thirtieth anniversary. Where I was just playing these shows with them, and the song "Start Chopping" was on the radio, yeah. which. I didn't love that song. I like it now. What radio? What radio in rural Pennsylvania was playing Star Well, it's Chopper? not rural. It's just outside of Philly. Okay, first I made of that all. up. It's... I don't know. I made that up that it was rural. I made it up that it was rural. <laughs> okay. Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. Suburban Pennsylvania. Just outside of West Philly. Okay. Just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, the, the main station is called WDRE. It's like they said it was modern rock, but they started to get cooler songs on there. And what like pavement caught your hair, but I, and it, you know when I heard that I was really I, I was like I like that song it's kind of funny but then I got the tape Crooked Rain and and I was like oh well this is, oh that was it your cre- first. It creeps up on you that was your first pavement I have a, I, this is a theory I always say on Bandplane so if you're familiar I'm sorry but I really do think that your first album of any band tends to end up being your favorite not always but almost always. Yeah, no, because it's, it's just triggers nostalgia. I mean, you feel yeah, it's like you see your whole. Well, depending on your memory, and I have a crazy photographic, audiographic <laughs> memory, whatever. Do you? I I can remember everything that was going on when I heard something, where I got something, or when I hung out with. If somebody was memorable, I I remember a lot of things about that time we hung out. You should write a memoir based on those parameters. That'd be so good. Yeah, one day. I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to do that, and then I, I get bored fast, you know. But mm. I will write something. But I, I'm pretty ADD at the same time, so the things I remember are so, like, r- random and miscellaneous or whatever. Who cares? Um, most people listening probably care because they're Kurt Val fans. That's really? what I would assume. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to like. I don't want to put words into anyone's mouth. I think they're also you know, a like fan of you. But I think they're big fans of you. I sure we both we both have fans. <laughs> I think you have a few more, but you know I'll take what I can get. I heard this is one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Did, uh, that's why your publicist just told you that to get you on here because it's not true. <laughs> no, no, it's one of the most popular music podcasts. I was just kidding about the rest. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, that's enough telling me how great I am. Did you ever have that no alternative compilation? Yeah, of course. I think that's how I found Pavement. Yeah, I, we used to cover that song, that R.E.M. butt kiss song. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, so you kind of sw- you kind of like moved away from Billy Korgs towards Stephen Malks. Minutes. Yeah. Few, few, feuding bands. You, you chose sides. You really like, you defected to the other side. Literally, because uh, Malkmus calls them out. In mm-hmm. that song, Range Life, which is my favorite song of all time. And is it? Because it has like a country twang and an indie. It's like, it's like everything that you love. It's like nostalgic and melodic mm-hmm. and a little, yeah, melancholy combined with summertime. I have two pavement tattoos. Really? So I'm with you. Yeah. They're Where? both from Summer Babe. Oh, that's awesome. Where? Um, one's on my wrist and one's on my, on my ribs. It says, every time I sit around, I find out, found I'm shocked. Wow. Damn. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Well, it's, it's not that amazing. Yeah, I love Summer Babe. Summer Babe might be, might be my favorite pavement song. You know, I sang Zurich is Stained on the recent reunion. 
Of course I know that, Kurt Vile. I watched the video so many times. I like that. I didn't get to be at that show. I I saw two shows, three shows, but you're not performing in any of them, unfortunately for That's me. That's because I did it in Philly. Yeah, I did it. I've never been to Philly. I, I, for a split second, I thought you... You were like on the East Coast. You were in Jersey or something. Yeah, I was in Jersey. Oh, because I went to Wawa. I love Wawa. Yeah, well, that's I grew up in Wawa yeah. country. Yeah, but I've I've never that's been Philly. to Wawa in Philly. I've only been to Wawa in Jersey and Delaware. And isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, is it? No, it's not weird. It's just funny. It Wawa. No, you, Wawa's are usually dirty, but I I still they they have the best, most comforting like hoagies in the world. The sandwiches are so good. I really, I absolutely d- d- delight in them. Um, I'll make it to Philly sometime. It's actually a, a a true tragedy that I've never been there. I'm gonna have to make a reason to go there. Perhaps a live show. I feel like the Philadelphia community would come out to a live show. Perhaps you could be the you could be the guest. You could finally do your your band's playing episode. We'll do it live. Oh, that'd be cool. Right. I'll have my people contact your people. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Kurt Vile, number six. Did anyone in your childhood ever tell you you're never going to make it, like as an artist or something like that, like they do in the movies? And if so, who was it and what did you say back? I'll tell you, I think that I've been playing music long enough that some people in my circle gave off that vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I remember, in, I remember in particular, and then I also remember the moment, like, you know, it was announced that I signed a Matador and certain people that I hardly knew, you know, just writing me out, talking to me out of the blue, sort of, kiss, you know, and, and, totally. and, and you're oh like, God. uh-huh. But isn't that your favorite thing? Not again, modicum of podcast fame, truly nothing. But I be seeing some people that I know unfollowed my ass on Instagram all of a sudden a little refollow. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, see, okay, that's interesting. That's yeah. Interesting. That's, that's new. That's, can you tell when somebody unfollows you, or you just notice? I happen to notice, like I it, probably way after the fact. Like I don't. What if like I was one of those psychos that had like the app? You know, there's like, is there an app? app? That you, there's an app you can install. Like first of all, why would you want to do that to yourself? Like why would you want to know that? I think probably how I found out, if I'm being really honest, is like at some point I probably clicked onto their page to look at something, and then you can see there's like a very clear like follows you doesn't follow you, and I was like, oh. <laughs> And just mentally noted it, of course, as you do, as yeah, a human course. being in the flop era of the world. And <laughs> then someone just makes a little podcast and maybe some people like it. And all of a sudden, right back in the follows, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, noted, bitch. Just like you got signed to Matador and all these people that were like, Kurt Val sucks, were like, hey, babe, what's up? Yeah. Unfortunately, I could tell right away. I always had a pretty quick bullshit detector makes me that's fortunately that's good makes me seem like i'm like i'm a dick to some oh but i do remember one of my bosses at my last job at the philadelphia brewing company not the main boss and it was kind of a nice thing because uh, I, I was definitely going through a slump and i was like not caring you know because i was frustrated really i but i was like i kept he told me to do something or 
And I was like, whatever, I don't care. And he's like, I, I know you don't care. The day you care, Kurt, is the day you get a record deal. And I was like, that really, that stuck with me. And I was like, but I was a little too fried at the time to, <laughs> to, to be like it, to be uh, inspired by that. It definitely bummed me out for a second. But uh, I don't think he meant it like, I think he wanted me to get my shit together. <laughs> right. He, he was trying to motivate you and not, um, not yeah. be mean. Did, did you have like, a little dream in your heart of signing to Matador because of your love of pavement and stuff? Oh, all, I mean, growing up in the 90s, they were the ultimate. I mean, I love Drag totally. City, too. It sure. was like Matador and Drag City. Other labels, too. Other, But, but I mean, it's it's amazing, all this stuff on Matador still. and But we're coming out, and peop, all those bands in their prime. and Well, you know, I love that pavement, you know, they're live now. They're just better, better than ever in a lot of ways. But, like, whatever. Um, I loved watching all that stuff come out on, on Matador. So it was a dream to sign to Matador. Yep. That's very cool. That's like if I one day um, became an MTV VJ. Yeah, that'd be amazing. You you wanted to do that? Like if MTV was what it was. Yes, totally. Oh my God, I would love that. I think, you know, I loved music so much, but I couldn't, <laughs> I'm not good at, I know I can't play music. It's just never been a thing and so it didn't even cross my mind that I could like be a musician. So the jobs that came to my mind were like adjacent to music, like journalist and MTV VJ, which MTV VJ was much cooler. Yeah. I could see that. And then it that. stopped being, it stopped being a job. I could see you being one. I could see Thank you feel you. like one now. I do, don't I? Except it's audio only and I'm too hot. I should be seen is what I'm saying. <laughs> True. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt Vile. I wasn't fishing, but I appreciate that you agreed with me. Um, okay, Kurt Vile, number seven. When was the last time you lied? That's showbiz. That's showbiz, That's show. baby. That's I mean, whenever, whenever, whenever. <laughs> when I said I was super <laughs> excited to be on this podcast. No. Um, <laughs> That's it. Whenever, you just lie all the we, time. Everybody has to lie. Uh, you know, my favorite TV show right now is Better Call Saul. You ever see it? No, here's the thing. Um... I you need to watch Breaking Bad first, is that correct? Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I don't like anxiety television. I like oh, well Zan, I like Xanax television, like Grey's Anatomy, Monk. I don't know if you ever I, seen Monk, I fantastic that. show. Yeah, House. These are shows programs that I like to watch. I don't need to be stressed out by the television and the murders and the meth. Yeah, modern TV is stressful. Uh, yeah, it took me a long time to finish Breaking Bad. For those reasons, I'd, I'd yeah. hit. It's almost like I get, just like those characters, they get more and more corrupted as they go. And I right. had to ease in that way too. Like I see them, like a kid die and I turn it off and like I'm never watching this again. And go to the next level and I'm like, oh, it's fine. I, I already saw that. I know it's not real. But whatever. It's just when you're talking about lying. Yeah. Made me think of uh, Slip and Jimmy. That's a character on, on Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's Saul. But certain shows creep through. I can't watch anxiety TV really either. But certain classics just creep in eventually. As Dr. House likes to say, everybody lies. So your answer is pretty good. Okay. Number eight, Kerval. What character in a book or film do you relate to the most and why? It's hard. 
I know. That's, that is one of the hardest questions, especially if some people don't look at the questions in advance. So, like, they really are fucked when they come to that one. No, I did look in advance. And then <laughs> I know certain you did. ones, certain ones, I was like, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just like shrugged your shoulders. I was like, no. <laughs> most relate to man. Oh, that's so in a book or a, or a film or a film oh, or a film. Yeah. Okay. You seem like a person that reads books and watches films. So uh, right now, I just love, I love slipping Jimmy so much. I mean, what are his characteristics that resonate with you? Well, okay. I love Bob Odenkirk. Do you love Bob? Yeah, I love him. I love Mr. Show. Yeah, he has I have a I have a nostalgia relationship with Bob Odenkirk that is very profound. That's why I think and you know what? You don't have to see Breaking Bad. Okay, good, because I won't. <laughs> it doesn't get like uh heart attacky and heart attacky until later in the seasons. Which one? Saul or Breaking Better Bad? Better call Saul. Better call okay. Saul. Saul Goodman like you, you, you just fall in love with all the characters or like become members of your family. Like they're, they get you in the heart. And I love, I also like the way Slip and Jimmy just rolls off the tongue or not <laughs> even the tongue, but it just, it's fun to say. Do you wish you had a cool nickname like that? People call me KV. I like, you know, so I'm kind of lucky. It's kind of like, Kurt, it's kind of endearing. Kurt. Well, that's yeah. in Australia, but they call, call me KV. A lot of people call me that and it's, you know, it's like kind of endearing. I want you to know, Kurt Vile, that for a long time, and this is my bad, I thought that this was a stage name, a fake name, that you, that you, because of Kurt Weil. Yeah, a lot of people do. Okay, so I'm not the only one. You're not the but only it's one. Your, it's your real name. Mm-hmm. God, God given. Well, parent given. Mm. Okay, good to know. Number nine, Kurt Vile. What was your biggest sliding doors moment? Sliding Doors is a Gwyneth Paltrow film. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's very good. You should watch it with your daughters. It's a great romantic comedy. What happens is she, her reality splits when she either gets on a train or doesn't get on a train. So my question is, if you had made, what choice did you make at one point in your life that was like so profound that you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't made that choice? The only thing I can think of, and I, I do it a lot, I think I collaborate with other people. You know, I played in the war on drugs, for instance, and I knew... As yes. soon as they got like a record deal that I couldn't play in that band anymore. And it, and Adam, you know, he's like a brother to me. I, I don't see him so much lately, but it doesn't matter if I saw him. We're like brothers. It'd be like yesterday. But we were like so tight, best friends. And then I could, te- you know, it changed, it changed right as soon as he got an actual record deal and I was still kind of struggling. And I, mm. I, I had to like leave the band. And then, and, and like he was in my band too, but he, he stayed with me and my band too for a while until he couldn't. And so that, I mean, that could also be a sliding door, except it was him choosing to stay with me when I needed him. That's the beauty. You know what I mean? So you're kind of saying that like, if you hadn't been forced by your, by the signing to leave war on drugs, you might not have pursued so heart wholeheartedly your solo career. Well, I was always doing that anyway. Well, that's the frustration. Right. And it happens a lot. No matter I feel like whoever I collaborate with, mm-hmm. Courtney Barnett, she's like my sister, or yes. like, like to this day, because the internet, it's frustrating. People say Kurt Vile, who started in the war on drugs and then right. left you to did start it. his solo career. But I was always, I was had, I had a lot of my own albums 
not te- released on a real label before Adam even met me. And- yeah, the Australia. You told the Australian man that you were making little records when you were like sixteen years old, like on tape. Or like Courtney, you know, she covers by song "Peeping Tomboy" on our record, and then mm-hmm. I see that kids then think that's her song. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I see one comment. You know, I remember I played "Peeping Tomboy" on like a whatever was on a YouTube. And then somebody was like, oh, that's a slow song. And somebody wrote it's like, that's not even his song. Because I'm like, excuse me, that's actually one of my best early songs. First of all, Kurt Val, why are we reading the YouTube comments? Let's back it up. I know. Why are we even reading the YouTube I'm just, comments? just an example. It's just an example. <laughs> I just, I see, because we're like stuck with the internet. I don't even mean the comments. That's just random. But like, I think when you collaborate right. with somebody, you do it because you want to. Yeah. And then you can't do it all the time. They become, they're like a member of your family. It's beautiful, but. Uh, I feel like other people, they get really involved in their own. I want to work with different people because I'm inspired by them, I, you know, whether it's in my music or side thing. And then, so I, I always have sliding doors, but I have to like keep going to my own thing. You're, you are a slippery gym, Kurt Val, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I don't know the character, but you're a slippery man. Okay, number... <laughs> Slippin' <laughs> number, Jimmy. Slippery Slippin' man. Jimmy. You're a slippery man. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, Kurt Vile. What characteristic are you most drawn to in other people? I think ultimately, they gotta be funny, like a little crazy, a little goofy, like not not always, you know, there's like sometimes, it's, but there's a, there's sometimes there's just an unsaid magnetism, huh? I don't know, uh, but yeah. I think at the yeah. end of the day, I, I connect. I connect with goof, goofy, obsessive type of people. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that's a bit of a like, like attracts like situation. Yeah, probably. Yeah, where did you take your wife on your first date? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you don't remember? <laughs> I'm I mean, gonna tell her. <laughs> we were pretty. We were young, man. We were young. We got together, so we probably just like. Oh, so it wasn't like so a proper. Let's like, say we went to uh, probably you know Wawa. Wawa. I think we went to the Wawa. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it wasn't like a fine dining establishment that you picked her up and. Took her no. Guys. <laughs> no. Honestly, I would fucking love a first date at a Wawa. Like even now, that would be a really dream type first date. Like that's really my vibe. Yeah, like why well, like get some food. Know. Yeah, get a couple hoagies and have like a long walk. Like what a perfect, <laughs> what a perfect moment. Like a, a fountain diet Coke took yeah. a company, my, my hoagie gorge. Okay. <laughs> Number 11, Kurt Vile. Well, you, you already answered this one. So I guess we could skip it, which is who is the last person you met that you were starstruck by, which was Anthony Kiedis's mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> okay. He, Cause he like, we were at like a uh, acai bowl play and they're like, <laughs> there was an announcement. They're like, Anthony, Anthony, your shave ice is getting cold. I'm it's dead. melting. I'm it's melting. Dead. And then I saw him <laughs> sit down at another table and then he moved and sat down next to us. And I was looking over, I was like, and then I was like, yo. And then finally he, he didn't speak right away. And he's like, sorry, hope you don't mind. I sat with you next to you. You're, you're just look. You're just way cooler than those people over there. He was just alone at the acai bowl. No, he place had a couple of people. Oh, well, at oh, first okay. he was, but then his people, a couple joined of people him. he was with, okay. joined him. But at first it was him, and they're like, they're like "Anthony, your shave ice is melting." <laughs> but he said you looked cool. Hell yeah. Well, I think he said all of us, and he said, right, "Mom, your whole family." He said, cool. "Mom has the coolest hair on the island." 
What does her hair look like? Does she have like a mohawk or something? No, she it looks kind of it's kind of like a cool Keith Richards. Oh, like a mullety thing. That's so sick. She's got a great hairdresser. Love that. Okay, I really do have to come to Philly. All right, Kurt Vile, number twelve. When was the last time you slid into someone's DMs? Yeah, you mean on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, that's how way people talk all the time. No, but like, I mean, like, okay, what does that question, mean? Yeah, I, I hear more people specifically, say that. it's like you message someone who you don't know, who doesn't oh. follow you just to like, be like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I love your band. Can I have some free Fanta? Oh, I don't know. You know, athletic greens sponsor me. Perhaps I would be doing that. You know? Here's a good one. Okay. And I did get answered. I didn't think I would, but yeah, I saw Beck play and it was like wise blood. I was there to see Beck and wise blood. I didn't, Yeah. I know the guitar player, Jason Faulkner in the band. And I was excited to see Natalie play open for Beck. I grew up, I saw Beck for the Odelay tour at the Trocadero, a very small place. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I, me and my brothers grew up on Beck. Two of my brothers were there. I was a little stoned. I went backstage. I said hi to Jason and Beck was like right here. Yeah. And he just walked. I like let him walk by because I just felt like in my teens, like literally. So I guess again, star, you know, like whatever. Cause I grew up listening to Beck and I also, what I also sort of like about Beck in a way is that I can tell he's like me. I could be wrong, but like awkward where you don't make eye contact with somebody you don't know and you don't necessarily want to be approached right away. So I just Mm. let him go. But then I was, I was like really depressed. In a way, not really depressed, but like I, I was thinking about my high, like literally I do that kind of awkward thing sometimes where I let somebody go because I think they don't want to talk. And then I just wrote him and I said, yo, I was at your show. It was awesome. I, I just, I'm bummed I didn't say hi. And I hadn't seen him in forever. And the band was killer. He did a slide mm-hmm. guitar solo that was really awesome before Loser that nobody's playing that like bluesy bobbleneck slide. And then, but he was, not, he wrote me back. He was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm a fan. You say hi next time, basically. Great. Okay, amazing. So now you have the green light. Whatever. <laughs> no, I, I just now mean... You're, now you're uncomfortable. Uh, now, you're like, no. Now, now I feel... Yeah, because I... <laughs> it, it like, it cured... I was like, wow. I just... It was just funny that he even... I didn't think he would write back, but he... Because, yeah, he doesn't follow me. But he's a fan. He's a fan. He likes your music. At least, at least a little bit. Yeah. At least in a showbiz way. But, yeah, I don't even... Don't I never checked... I never checked my non-followed oh, yeah, yeah. messages, but I do that now right. because all your fans and stuff are do you just like you're a curator and they just do all your promo for you. It's really fun. I'm like, oh, this is cool. You just post. They do all the work. They send nice messages and they're nice to read. Yeah, it's nice to involve your fans. I, I, I like to, I like even the 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 art of my new album. It was like it was, fan, you know, I saw it through Instagram. People posting photos and i was like oh that's cool i just so cool i love that um okay well that's a great one dm slide to back 24 number 13 kurt vile what is the horniest song ever, in your opinion? Um, the one I can think of lately that I heard on the radio and it had lots of bleeps, but it's um, Prince, Erotic City. You know that oh, one? Yeah. Yes, I sure do. Erotic City, you and me. Prince is the 
50% of people say a Prince song, which is absolutely correct and perfect because I think that's like the real honor he deserves as I as the horniest yeah. musician of all time. I mean, Kiedis is neck and neck. Like Red Hot Chili Peppers are the horniest band of all time, but the yeah. horniest solo musician of all time is absolutely Prince. I, I feel like you could say that about Prince and then Erotic City. And then any if you know of any other truly horny songs, you might like get like red in the face, like calling it out because they're, <laughs> they're just so, so like horny that it makes you like embarrassed or something. A little uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. uncomfy. It's not, not suitable for work. Um, <laughs> Kurt Val, number 14, what is the biggest money you've ever turned down? Oh man. I know. It's everyone's favorite question. <laughs> um, I like money showbiz i like money i like trying to get as much as possible but i'm also like afraid so i'll like i'll never look at really how much is in there like I, you just turn it something down because it's like got slime on it right i don't know how much money i've turned down i don't pay i don't pay attention okay that's a good principle i mean i feel like you're by nature of your age in a good situation because we talk about this on the show along a lot it kind of stopped being like you know, people used to turn down things for like any corporate entity because it was selling out. You know what I mean? Not even if the co- company was bad or, right. or politically wrongly affiliated. It was just like not allowed or okay. And so, but luckily that stopped. So you can do that as long as it feels morally right for you. Because in another way, it's like you don't sell albums or not as many as you would before the internet so you gotta even it out yeah. like neil neil young who i i worship he can take his stuff off of spotify and never do an advertisement but but sure, he's neil young he's like scrooge mcduck swimming in money yeah <laughs> it's a little different it's a little it's a little different for him put your fucking put your song in a minivan commercial babe who cares um okay number 15 what's the best live show you've ever seen kurt Vow? well i'll tell you what in a, in one way like in a in a classic rock kind of way, I saw two of my favorites just in the past couple of months, both nineties bands. One mm-hmm. was dinosaur junior loud and proud as ever at the music hall of Williamsburg. <laughs> Is that the uh, one you played with? No, that's well, not I you played, played at the end. I played at the end. So your favorite live show that you've seen recently was one that you were also, I sat in as well <laughs> at music hall of Williamsburg, but also the pixies, the pixies are killing it right now as well. And I didn't expect, it's another band I liked and I sort of took for granted when we played a festival together and then they played and it was unbelievable. Uh, We played at Redondo Beach together. And then I saw them again. near where I'm from. Oh, awesome. Um, They were awesome there and I needed it. It was like a heavy day and they were awesome at Redondo Beach. And then I came back for more and I saw them at Asbury Park with Cat Power opened, and then Modest Mouse, oh, and yeah. then such a the Pixies. Line. Yeah, that that lineup. Did you happen to see it? And no, I missed. When they it. came through. I'm so bummed. Was at the Hollywood really Bowl. I wanted to go, but I was at a Bachelorette weekend, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the Pixies are so on right now. It's all original members except for Kim Deal, but Paz is just electric up there. She's awesome. She is awesome. I've been putting off seeing them because I, the, I, the last time I saw them was the original lineup when they did the Doolittle tour. I don't know if you remember this. They like they did like a Doolittle anniversary tour and mm-hmm. it was amazing. 
And I just don't want to replace the memory with a new one that wouldn't be as good. But if you're saying it's as good, then I will do it. I'm saying it's a whole new thing and they're all, they're just at, they're chops. Or, I love, I love the Pixies and Frank Black is oh, and, and icon. Pause is a whole new thing. So it's worth it with pause. Except she holds it down too. She does all the, all the Kim's, the stuff that you would want to hear. She does that too, but she adds her own flair. And they all sound and look great. They're in it. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see them. Number 16, Kurt Vile. When in your life were you the most fucked up, wasted, hammered, trashed? Man, my whole early career, but I'm pretty healthy now. But I remember an early party I went to where I, it was like a Memorial Day party or something. It was outdoor and I blacked out right in the beginning. And I, I had some conversations that I don't remember. People were just saying things I said, and then I was asleep, like with my face in the grass. And then I, I woke up when everybody had left the party. It was dark, well, well dark, and, and there was just a couple people sitting around. And I looked at them. I was like, "You guys are boring." <laughs> 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 and they're like, "Like they always tell me that." They're like, "Yeah." It's like, dude, you slept through the whole party. Yeah, they're for, like, for, actually, for you're being boring. You're boring, babe. Yeah. Daytime parties were my absolute enemy when I used to party too. It's just like not, it's not natural to be drinking that much when the sun is up. It's not natural. It's not God's plan. You get excited to be there and then you have like somebody mixes you a hard drink and maybe you didn't eat a lot. Or maybe yeah. you mixed it with other things. Yeah. Who knows? Next thing you know, you're sleeping in a closet, babe. <laughs> next thing you know, you're gone. <laughs> All right. Number 17, Kurt Vile and 18. These are tandem questions. What do you love about being famous and what do you hate about being famous? And I will add the caveat that I always add. Do not say you're not famous. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I like about it is obviously just being able to play a concert and look at like now, because that's what I do. It's like I, I, I make contact with the audience where before I used to hide and mm-hmm. be shy but I look and I can see if you know like who your true fans are and it, it, you feed off of each other and ultimately at a perfect moment you know you have electricity and in, in, mm-hmm. in like a full like a, a moment I, I, I'm shy when I don't know people so if I'm like walking down the street or standing around right. you can tell when somebody wants a, to talk to you like, sort of like the photo is expected when they come up to you and they're also clutching the phone and it or like, yeah. or maybe like if I'm like literally in line at a supermarket or yeah. a Dunkin' Donuts, and then somebody <laughs> makes a spectacle of you, and they're right. like, "Excuse me, are you Kurt Vile?" Right, and you're like, "Yeah." And then, but getting recognized in public is not your favorite. I'm always shy at for. I'm a little better at it, but even the yeah. other day, I was. But I was seeing a concert. I should have. And somebody looked back at me and was like, "Excuse me, are you Kurt?" And I kind of was like, "Yeah." And then I. And then I. Saw them the rest of the show. And I, oh, she was, I was like, I should have talked to them. They actually seem cool. But sometimes I just don't like how it makes you not a person. Yeah. But part of it is you doing it to yourself. Right. You could be like, hey. You could just be normal. But it just depends. Yeah. Depends if I could be normal. But other times, other times people aren't normal. So People then, aren't normal. Also, it depends how you're feeling that day. You're a human being that has different moods. Like sometimes... You don't want to talk to a stranger and that's fine. It's not mean. It's not cruel. It's not malicious. It's just like you're like normal person who sometimes is not up for it. And sometimes you are. I mean, I'm not saying you're a normal person. You're absolutely not a normal person, Kerbal, and thank God for that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> it is funny. Sometimes like you literally have to like pretend you're deaf. Like <laughs> I, 
like I, I remember I was playing in Athens. My my, my drummer uh, is from Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. and we were playing the forty watt. It's awesome. It was awesome to play like a proper rock club again. And I went around the corner, and um, some people said they're hi, you know. I said hi, but then this one person just seemed way excited, and I could hear them following me. They saw me, and they were chasing basically chasing me yeah <laughs> and then finally they came up to me and they're like excuse me excuse me like and then i literally just like they're next to my face and i just like grab my phone and i'm like oh, hello sorry i pretend i don't even important phone call gotta go yeah that's okay and i think that- pretend i don't even <laughs> hear them at all i just ignore them like they're next to me but i just pretend i don't see them or hear them self-preservation <laughs> babe self-preservation at shows you just got to know that it's possible like i i live my life like this now too i'm like am i going to go to the jawbreaker show yes am i going to be recognized 10 to 12 times by men who love jawbreaker and listen to bands playing correct <laughs> it's just the fucking price so what do you do do you i just do you ignore them no i just saying hi and 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 you know kind of uh, move it along. I, I'm good at moving things along quickly. You know, that's a skill that I've, yes. I don't mind. It's, I'm happy to say hi. It's so nice that they listen to the show. Um, okay. Number 19 is the wild card, Kurt Vile. If you had to today, we're going to go to the tattoo parlor and you have to get song lyric or lyrics tattooed on you. What's it going to be? Wow. Yeah. Um, Curveball. Tough one. <laughs> damn. I'm it's sorry. Because so I don't I have know. any tattoos. I know you don't. That's why I asked it. It's a different, it would be a different question if you were like covered, because that's like, everyone, whatever, I don't give a shit. The Macarena lyrics, whatever. But be, for you, it's a big deal. Damn it. Don't say the Macarena lyrics. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> You're <Cool>. short circuiting. <laughs> 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 having a full meltdown. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's a hypothetical. It's not actually going to happen. So, you know, don't feel too stressed, but. All right. Well, let's just say I love the lyrics to this song a lot. This isn't even that great. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, man. This is so unfair. It's yeah. Unfair. <laughs> well, I I feel like anything, any song lyric that I like, like once you say you put it on your body, and I don't mean your because but like because it, I have I have several becomes, I have several song lyrics. I have a replacement song lyric tattooed on my arm. I still love them. Oh man. Sorry. Now I gave yeah, you an idea. Uh, What's your favorite placement song? It changes, honestly, changes all the time. It's really tough for me to pick one. I have so many. Unsatisfied. Unsatisfied is really good. I love. No, not your favorite. It's not. It, no, it's really good, but it's me. Ah, Bastards of Young. Oh, there's so many good ones. The the one with the drum machine. I could die within within your reach. That one's a really good one. There's so many. I'm a huge replacements fan. It's probably like Pavement and Replacements are my favorite bands of all, all right, time. I got a good one. Give it to me. Hit me. I'm not the same. Only because this is why. Okay. It's like uh it's like uh Silver Juice. It's from the song Slow Education. And it I just love the chorus. It's really simple. He says, Oh, 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 I'm lightning, oh, 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 I'm rain, oh, 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 it's frightening. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. Mm. I'm not the same. Which is, it's so simple and beautiful, but yeah, I, I also remember when I was hanging out with some friends, and I was saying how I couldn't handle smoking weed because I just start to question myself or get lost, and the, or like or worse, you know. Uh, and uh, and then sure enough, I smoked some weed, and then I was like, I'm not the same. I'm not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and then he always makes me. <laughs> he always reminds me of that. This friend, I'm not the same. 
which more means like I'm terrified, you know. That's that's but, perfect. It's a perfect answer, Kerbal. Perfect answer. Okay, number well, twenty. I, I was squeezing. I know you I were squeezing. you were having a rough time. I gave your blood pressure. Um, <laughs> number twenty, Kerbal. When's the last time you cried? Uh, men, but not, this is me projecting. That means me only cry uh-huh. uh, when they're alone watching mm-hmm. TV. Watching TV. Is this going to be you, better call Saul again? <laughs> no, I'll watch anything. It doesn't have to be about what you're watching. It, it just triggers everything. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a channel to let you express your emotions that's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good one. I pretty much also only cry at TV shows and movies because I'm maybe slightly yeah. emotionally repressed. It's a release. Yeah. It's, it's a release. Like, it, it, like it's that perfect storm of they, they, they have people that sit around, you know, at a table to, to, get to manipulate your emotions, you. yeah, and they do a great job. Yeah. And then they put, then they play the fray, how to save a life, and I'm like, what? Well, I'm only human. I'm yeah, fucking music, weak. Yeah. Okay, number twenty-one, Kurt Val. What is your greatest? You know what? No, this this question oscillates between two questions. I'm giving you the other one because you like surprises. What is your relationship to the David Matthews Band? Oh man, what's your relationship? I love Dave Matthews Band so much. Not my third favorite band, Pavement Replacements. Really? And Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan. Love them. Absolutely love. Them. Every, this is a big thing for me, Dave. Me and David Matthews. Okay. You know what I think? Tell me about David Matthews um, and his band. <laughs> no, do you know what a lot of people think of when they think of David Matthews? Don't bring up the the bus okay, incident. Okay, okay. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come on my okay. podcast and bring up the tour bus incident. <laughs> Chicago River okay. tour bus incident. For you, for you, mm-hmm. for you. What's your favorite Dave Matthews song? Number 41. Are you going to do a cover for me? It's pretty long. <laughs> oh, okay. So is that a deep cut? No. It's a it's not a it's not a hit, but it's like a fan favorite. Like it's like a people a lot of people love that song. It's amazing. You're going to need some saxophone and My stuff. relationship with the with the Dave Matthews band is literally like it always being on, you know, yeah. when I was a teenager, crash into me, makes me feel weird. Yeah. Like, it's uh, a horny song. That, Speaking that, of horny songs. Yeah. Hike up your skirt a little more and show your world to me. And those right. like two weird twins, like in the video, yeah. they the start video is slightly the moving their shirt. Weirdest fucking thing. If anyone hasn't seen that video, fire that shit up. You're going to be like, what is this? <laughs> I love that about you. That you <laughs> love the Dave Matthews band. That's okay. That's a good answer. You, you're, you're slippery, slippery Joel. What's his name? Slippery man. Slipping, slipping Jimmy. Slipping Jimmy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> number twenty-two. Kurt Vile. What song would you like to hear just before you die? Wow. I I used to say that I want a song played at my funeral. Yeah, most people that, ask that, but I did a twist. <laughs> what do I want to hear right before I die? Yeah, because that's about you, not about other people. You know. Okay. Um, okay. Definitely Lou Reed. Street hassle. That's my favorite. That's my anthem. Okay, I like that. Come and go out on that. That'd be a weird song to hear before you die, though. But you know, you're a weird guy, babe. It's it fits perfect. (laughs) God will be welcoming you into the dulcet tones of street hassle. Um. All right, we're almost done. Number twenty three, Kurt Vile. What do you think about me? I think you're amazing. I heard good things previously, and I, I. because also, like right now, the the sun is on my face, really weird. So I yeah, look like it's a monster. Beautiful. Or yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because I didn't want to scare you. <laughs> I feel like the truth is that you heard some good things, but you might have been a little weary. And then I no. appeared on the best show, which you are also um, friend of the pod and fan of the pod best show by Tom Sharpling, our friend. And then you were like, okay, actually, let me give this woman 
some respect. No, I respected you immediately because uh, you're friends with Shira and she Shira's loves you. the best. We love Shira. And then, and then she did tell me when you were on the first 24-hour best show. That's right. That you were on it. And I and I didn't even hear you then. I just, wa- I could, the sound was off and I saw you talking. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, totally. And and I'm better this, it's experienced just took this that way. <laughs> sound off. No, no, <laughs> no that's not no what I idea. meant. I, I knew, I knew, and I knew, I knew from that. Hey, well, thank you, Kurt Val. I, I quite enjoy you as well. Um, last question, number twenty-four. What do you want to plug? <laughs> oh man, I, you're on a press tour. Yeah, I want to plug. I definitely want to plug my uh, my latest EP, which is. As long as a full length, it's so good, album. and it's called "Back to Moon Beach," and it's um, it's it's a beautiful organic record, and it's also conveniently got a Christmas song, which is kind of it kind of in a way it doesn't even fit on the album, but it doesn't matter because it's like because no, it, it all takes you out, it gets poppy and weird, and it, my daughters aren't in it, and it, I call out Bob Dylan in the song before, it, and then there's this Bob Dylan related Christmas song, and then. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh it's for music lovers. It's uh you know, it's not for like people sitting around trying to dissect it who are, I you know, I'm going to be yeah. doing this for the rest of my life. I know that especially now because I'm just cranking them out and I Well, thank God because you're very very talented. It's on Verve Records. Yeah, pick it up. If you if you like me have a 16-hour Christmas song play holiday song playlist, you can add it to that which I added it to mine. I'll oh. share it. I'll share it with you if you're interested, Kurt Val. Um, Plug it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to share a playlist. I'll put it in my newsletter. Um, okay, Kurt Val, thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's been a delight and a pleasure to chat with you. Come back next year for a new episode. Twenty four question party people. Goodbye. Twenty four. Thanks for listening to 24 Question Party People. And thanks to my guest, Kurt Vile. Kurt's latest release, Back to Moon Beach, is available to stream everywhere now. His tour dates are listed at kurtvile.com. This episode was produced by Chris Sutton and Jesse Miller-Gordon with help from Justin Sales. Our gorgeous theme song was composed by Heather Fortune. Special thanks to Ellen Gurley, Jacob Bainman, my girl Shira, Sean Fennessy, Rob Harvilla, and motherfucking Jack Reacher. Come back every Tuesday for a new episode of 24 Question Party People on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 24 Question Party People.